What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to this podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shavon. For those welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. We've got PFL, UFC, BKFC, tons of news, boxing, MMA, all that fun stuff. As always, we brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up, keep me going throughout my day, whether I'm at the gym or at home working. We're getting me to the finish line with code sound off a checkout. Code sound off a checkout for 10% off. Meanwhile, Lixer.com, code sound off 10% off. Gets you really high with their Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. And, uh, yeah, man. So if you, it's the exact opposite of the spectrum. So if you want to get really high, go ahead and go to Elixir.com. If you want to go ahead and get pumped with that caffeine, go to RogueEnergy.com. Uh, and it, but regardless, it will be code sound off for both for 10% off. Uh, obviously we had, a, we had a bit of a weird show last week, uh, due to the, due to the holiday. Angel could not, you know, we, we, we had a little bit of scheduling difficulties, but Angel, you're back this week. How, how was the time off, man? How was, how was, uh, your Thanksgiving? You have fun, do anything fun? Uh, no, not, nothing special this year. Um, did you do anything special? I didn't even ask you actually, like privately, I didn't even ask you if you did anything. No, nah, I mean, well, you know what I, I do because this is, I saw the immortal Matt Brown talking about this on, on Twitter recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm full. I'm in full agreement. Turkey is shit. I don't know why people do turkey for for Thanksgiving. We got to throw out the tradition. Fucking get rid of it. Do anything else but turkey. Me and me and me and the wife, or excuse me, future wife, excuse me. But fiance, 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 excuse me. Um, we've been making ribs for the last couple of years now, so we'll make a big rack of ribs for Thanksgiving instead. So you tear that shit up, huh? Oh, you know it, bro. You know it. I mean, we're Kansas, we're from Kansas City, so it only makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, no, fucking nothing, nothing special. Sadly, um, holidays are kind of dull for me. They have been, they have been for several years now. Just nothing. I mean, you know, when and plus that I work every holiday. Yeah. Uh, since since I pretty much started working. And that's that's not an exaggeration. That's that's actually factual. Yeah. <laughs> just just saw what you sent me, but uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I had I had a fun time. I I hope that the sound off listener. I hope you guys had your your fun couple days off. You know, did did fun stuff. But on uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, the night of Black Friday, uh, PFL ten going down from the Anthem Arena in Washington D.C. The, the District of Columbia, you know, uh, look, man, this was a, uh, this is an all right card. I mean, you know, we talked about last year, whenever this happened, whenever they decided to put this on pay-per-view, probably not the best decision. And ultimately, I think the buy rate on this one was probably, you know, 10, not 10,000, just 10. No, but like, <laughs> uh, the card itself was pretty fun, man. Um, in terms of the main event, Olivier Aubameau-Mercier picking up the unanimous decision win, that was his 10th win in a row, won back-to-back PFL tournaments, and then decides to retire. Sad. That was obviously one of the one of the bigger headlines, man. What do you think about that fight, and uh, ultimately, what are your overall thoughts on this PFL card? I thought it was good. I think for not having UFC, like, if you wanted to get some MMA in for the week and, like, stuff on the line and fights that matter, you could have guys put in significant effort. I think this is a good enough substitute for you. Uh, on top of that, Josh, can we, did you see the poster for this? I, it's probably not, like, I shit consistently on the UFC posters. I can't remember the last time they had a good poster. I think by far this is better than any poster UFC's put out probably in the last three years, dude. I can't think of a, a good UFC poster. Like, I think they are all, I think all the UFC posters have been asses lately. Well, the reason why you think that is because most of the UFC posters have been ass lately. So it's like, yeah, this one's pretty sick, dude. I mean, they, they, PFL, anybody that tries anything new, even if it sucks, I'll, I'll consider it to be a great thing because UFC just has the most generic fight poster of all time, and like you know, as a former you know, like I I used to do that that sort of stuff, like all that creative Photoshop shit, you know, like <laughs> I appreciate some some good work, you know, and uh, this this poster was pretty sick, dude. So I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the, this card overall, we don't have to go through everything. Um, and obviously you, you did not get to preview the fights, but in terms of the recaps. Which of these fights do you most want to talk about? There were a couple of fights that did make more headlines than others. Mm-hmm. For me, I think uh, the big uh, two. I'd say two really stand out to me personally: Hedin Furia versus Denis Golostov, and Impa Kazaganai versus Josh Silvera were probably my two highlight fights of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And for uh, he's an interesting guy, very big, uh, tall for the weight class, has power, has a ground game. Uh, guy's six eight, like that's fucking enormous. Um, mm-hmm. Not a massive heavyweight record, but pretty pretty good. Um, never fought any significant names outside of uh, the PFL from I'm seeing. He did have a uh, I, I am seeing here did have a brawl with Jerry Vander back in the LFA way back in the day. Jerry Vander, I don't even is our boy even Jerry Vander who's not like competing at like middleweight or light heavyweight or some shit. Yeah, Jared Vander, dude. I don't even <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a minute. But yeah, no, he had a nice win. I, uh, he came back out of his corner with instructions, and he just he followed it to a T. And Nempa, ever since his exit to UFC, you know, look, there was a stumble along the way there at Eagle FC. Gets one back at XMMA. I think, was that the stacked XMMA card? Yeah, that was the card with Will Brooks and uh, Luis Pena, the felon. <laughs> Austin Hubbard, Austin Lane in there, too. <laughs> or Julian Lane. Let me bang, bro. Yeah, the, the felon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, and and five and zero in the PFL, and look what what a story since then right now. Now a millionaire. I didn't know this, Josh, but did you know he was living out of his car at one point? I did not know that, dude. Yes, he was living out of his car at one point. Can like fucking from living in a car to now being a millionaire. Well, probably close to a millionaire because you no know, taxes exist. Oh yeah, they the <laughs> U.S. government they made sure to take about half of that, you know. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, look to, to kind of go ahead and. Get my thoughts on those fights. Yeah, man. Hennepin Ferreira, a very interesting guy. Um, I kind of highlighted him last week. He's one of one of the more interesting guys on the card. Um, that Dennis Goltov knockout was a big one. And especially with Goltov, he's, he's been a guy that's been one of the more solid PFL guys. Came over from Russia. I believe he was ACB before he got into PFL. Like he's, he's not a bad dude. So Hennepin Ferreira, I believe he only has one loss one of, like or a couple of losses. He's a good guy. Interested to see what he does moving forward, especially because it seems like he's only hitting his prime. And also... He's just a terrifying individual. I mean, that motherfucker is so big. <laughs> just a terrifying man, dude. Um, How do you feel about his Francis call out, by the way? I love it. I love it. I don't think he'll get it, but I love I love the uh, the enthusiasm, you know? I doubt he'll get it, though. I think that there's no way that Francis fights anybody who's on the PFL roster right now. I'll put it like that. Yeah, because I'm not on the roster yet, Josh. <laughs> yeah. You know what, dude? Like, if yeah, you and me... Handicap match versus France and Ghana. Fuck it. We'll split the two middle, you know? <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the rest of the card, I, I got to go ahead and shout out Impa. You know, he had a big win. Love to see it. He's just a guy that I felt like he just left the UFC too soon, man. I didn't like that they went ahead and cut him. You know, I mean, he got knocked out by Joaquin Buckley and a loss to Carlton Harris. Both guys that are very fucking good. Um, and sandwiched in there was a couple of wins, too, so... He's a guy that got prematurely cut. Very happy to see him having success and winning that Millie, you know. Um, Larissa Pacheco, dude. Just a, I mean, this fight was hard to watch at times because she beat the fuck out of uh, Marina Contineva, um, f- the the wife of Ser- Sergei Spivak, uh, fun fact. Um, yeah, that was a hard one to watch at, at various times. Uh, very. I still think that, you know, post-fight, uh, Don Davis said that instead of making Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg, they may make uh, Larissa Pacheco versus Chris Cyborg in February. I, I might have to admit it, though, Josh. That does intrigue me a little bit more for some reason. Angel, I got to admit it. It's not even a little bit. I'm, I'd much rather see that fight. Well, it, 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 it's because of how good uh, Pacheco has looked. No one – look, it absolutely no one – Outside of probably you, me, and maybe two other guys who probably keep up with this shit, know how, <laughs> how talented and how good she's looked up in these uh, 145 and 155 weight classes. But she's a force to be reckoned with, man. Like, she is probably, I, I think, all time, she has to be one of the best female finishers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to be, dude. I mean, she has, this is her first fight to go to a decision and since that win over Julia Budd. You know, even before that, she'd be Kayla Harrison. But before that, it was just all fucking knockouts, man. I mean, she's just... In this fight, I mean, there were various times where it's like... could have well, been She was on a five-finish streak at one point, dude. Yeah, all in the first round, I believe, too. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean... Which is also wild. You know, respect respect to the women, but that's very uncommon for a woman to do that in MMA. I mean, you wouldn't have ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Ronda, right? At one point? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty Chris Cyborg. But even then, Cyborg did have fights where people were able to take her into the second and the third and the fourth. You know what I mean? 
Even during her prime, you know, uh, more or less Coonan did that a yeah. couple different times. So. Yeah, I, I actually just looked it up, Josh, because I was just curious. Yeah, dude, from Ronda's first professional fight, like her debut, up until her sixth professional win, she had finished every opponent in the first round via armbar. Damn. And then after that, she was taken to the third round finally by legendary Misha Tate. Once again, another armbar finish. Yeah, and then Ronda yeah. proceeded to win three more fights before losing to Holly Holm in the first round once again. It, can I? Is it? Is it? Is it about time that we can admit that Ronda Rousey was like actually really good? Like, can we say that now? Like, is is there been enough time for people to stop being angry about oh, the way man. she left the sport? Oh man, Josh, Josh, trying to get that TikTok clip right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> she she was really good. It doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, it's all about you can only fight who's in front of you. Well, and, and uh, you can't even really even. I feel like that's not even an argument too because she still had legitimate names on her fucking uh, resume. I know, but like I don't know. I I can just tell you as somebody who was like, I was a full time watcher back then. It, it's the quickest I've ever seen. And a lot. Of, I'm like I almost understand why she stopped talking like to the media and fans and like she got pissed off because dude, it was overnight. I mean. They, she went from being the most popular woman in MMA to being severely hated with a passion. To being like, oh, dude, she sucked the whole time. The division sucked the yeah. whole time. You know, she's fucking garbage. And, like, I mean, there were fighters that she's beat that are still relevant in today's UFC. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's. No, no, that, that, that streak right there is pretty insane. Julia Budd, Misha Tate, Sarah Cobb, and Liz Carmouche. Uh, Sarek McMahon in there too, like that that bit right there in and of itself, in 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 a multi, like I said, multiple of those in the first round, and all be a finish, and all be the same submission, is pretty wild. One hundred percent, dude. One hundred percent. And and she she was she was you know she was just a savage, dude. You got it. I don't know. I and I saw I wanted because there were there were people talking about like oh you know maybe she'll come back for UFC three hundred. Everybody's like oh you know she'll get destroyed. I'm like guys. You know, there's this, this sport has not evolved as much as you think it has, especially on the women's MMA side. I'm sorry to tell you. Like, if she gave – Ronnie could come in right now and be a top five women's bantamweight. Not a doubt in my mind. But, um, yeah, I mean, we got a bit off topic there. But, yeah, I mean, Larissa Pacheco – back to the original story. Larissa Pacheco, a fucking savage. You know, a, fir, a just a wrecking ball who gets everybody out in the first round. This fight did, went to the distance, and but it was hard to watch at times, man. She got – yeah, she beat the shit out. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the rest of the card, man, I mean, Kayla Harrison, we just brought her up. She picked up a, a nice rebound win over, over Aspen Ladd. Uh, that was a solid one. Uh, pretty lopsided. Derek Brunson, speaking of lopsided, beating the fuck out of Ray Cooper for a couple of rounds, man. I mean, Ray Cooper missed weight for this one for his cool. middleweight. <laughs> he missed weight for his middleweight debut and then got mauled, dude. I mean, fuck. I mean, what did you think about those two fights? I mean, like, there's, there's context to it, right? He missed yeah. weight. Uh, on top of that, he was fighting up a weight class, and I don't think Ray Cooper should ever compete at 185 because he's just simply not big enough. Mm-hmm. But you do got to mention that he did give Derek a little bit of trouble in that first round. He did get tagged, so it wasn't yeah. just it wasn't the easy out for Derek Brunson. You're correct. There were moments. There were moments that Ray Ray Cooper had, but dude, I I just. I don't want to say he punted on it, but like, man, it, I don't know what was up with him. He had a kind of a. I was watching some of like his his you know interviews during fight week, and he was pretty vocal about on how unhappy he was with the promotion of the PFL, and then he missed weight, and then his dad yeah. wasn't there either, who's one of his main coaches. Yeah, I don't really know what's going and a, on, and but, a former fighter yeah. himself. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with, with with Ray Cooper, but yeah, I mean that was it looked like he just fucking said punted, it just punted on that fight, it just said Maybe. fuck it, payday, but, just but he still nearly won, so you know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, dude, I mean if you uh, taking a look at the rest of the PFL uh, PFL ten card, any uh, fights you want to go ahead and talk about before you go ahead and move on, dude. I, this, this is a guy we've mentioned multiple times. You time we talk about the PFL because obviously they're trying to highlight him, they're trying to build that bit. Baggio Ali Walsh Josh. I mean, another finish. You got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, he's building it up. He's starting his MMA career. Uh, I, I, it's it's respectable, right? Obviously, we don't we don't know what his ceiling's going to be, but he is young. He's twenty five. He trains out of Extreme Couture, a very good gym. Uh, obviously, we've seen the talent that's been produced out of there. His only loss was his debut in twenty twenty two, and he's been very very active. Like 
super fucking typical, man. Like, I got to give credit. He's on his grind, and he's taking it serious. Uh, they're all AMI fights. None of these are pro yet, so mm-hmm. it's not like that one loss will matter once he does turn pro, but it seems like they, they're almost doing the Bellator kind of thing with him to an extent, mm-hmm. which is funny because now they are Bellator, too, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. That is correct. And by the way, one last thing before I go ahead and move on. That's a lot of people being like, who, where are they, get, where are they getting these cans that, you know, like I saw people talking shit about the guy that Beato Gio, Ali Walsh knocked out. I'm like, that guy was like three and oh, like, like, all, all just, yeah, he just beat the fuck out of him. Like, it's just, it's, that guy was a good fighter. It's just, you know, he ran into the wrong man. So yeah, Viago uh, Ali Walsh, very excited to see what he does move forward. Um, He's a very intriguing guy. Former football player at UNLV off in Vegas. Um, yeah, man. Still young, still in his 20s, and his boxing is on point. we got to see a lot more from him, but I like that they're kind of taking that Bellator approach, like you said. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, and, and funnily enough, by the way, not not Bellator, but this is kind of a Bellator move, I guess I would say. They had Mark Zuckerberg's uh, coach on the prelims of this fight, of this card. I'm not sure if you saw that. Kai Wu. Kai the Shadow Wu, known for training Mark Zuckerberg, seven and five, suffered a unanimous decision loss as his first PFL appearance. So interesting, but yeah, I think I think we're going to move on because I do want to get your brief thoughts. I made a big video talking about it. I talked about it last week, uh, but Angel, I do want to know your opinion because Bellator, and we also received more clarity now uh, in the in the day since Bellator ends up being sold to the PFL from Viacom. They didn't apparently give up any money, uh, as originally reported. Originally it was reported to be around or under $100 million. Apparently they just gave them stock options um, in the PFL. Uh, <laughs> so really just getting sold for fucking pennies on the dollar, man. Uh, but in the end, they get, the, they get Bellator. They're planning on a championship card in February. They're kind of make this big push. They see that the UFC's in a bad spot right now with various things. What do you think about it, man? What do you think about the PFL's decision to buy Bellator? I think it's good, man. The thing is, and we say this time and time again, they got to get away from the tournament kind of style playoff bullshit they do each year because now they have a bigger talent pool, all these new guys, and they could do cards probably more regularly and start building up and, and create a legitimate, like, massive potentially massive promotion if they want to and decide to do this the right way because they have what it looks like to be the money and the resources and maybe even going towards the fighters as well. And they have they have stuff there and they have storylines they can develop too. It's just a matter of they uh, capitalize on that. And speaking about kind of capitalizing, we haven't mentioned this, Josh, but every single Bellator champ except, I believe, Ryan Bader was in attendance and faced off against mm-hmm. a respective PFL champion for that weight class that was available for that night because I believe Bellator does not have they're missing two weight classes off the top of my head I believe is it bantamweight bantamweight and, and middleweight I think yeah so it, a little bit of an issue there but who knows what they'll do going forward but they, it, it seems like next year we're gonna have a champion versus champion card and to be honest all those matchups are extremely intriguing to me mm-hmm yeah, same here, dude. I mean, look, the the reality is is that the PFL wants to compete with the UFC. Uh, if and there are a lot of people saying that they can. Um, I feel like a lot of people that think it's going to be an immediate thing have never watched a PFL event. Like they have a lot of changes. Like I didn't say this in the video that I made. Like I said, I think I said like a little bit of this, but like they have to make major changes, especially in terms of their formatting. You know, the the reality is is that you cannot have an hour between fights like they do. It's fucking insane. They cannot they can't do that anymore. If you want to compete with the UC, that's not that's not possible. Also, you like you said, dude, you have to stop fucking doing those tournaments. Maybe do a tournament a year for a certain weight class or something. Maybe like there there is options that they can do, right? But fuck me, dude. I mean <laughs> The the playoff format that they have is not something that anybody likes. And I think if they even went to a straight-up tournament format, like a la Bellator Grand Prix, I think they'd actually be just fine. I don't know how you feel about that. But, like, if they just took away the points and shit, I honestly think they'd be fine. I mean, I think if they did, like, one, like if they picked a weight class each year, if they wanted to or however often they wanted to, to still do, like, like you said, essentially the Bellator style, I think that'd be good, too. I just think they just can't continue down that path they are. And on top of that... 
they need to take advantage of the they need to build storylines and at the same time create stars and put them with these established potential superstars they have in like guys like Francis and Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, they how how they're going to execute that I don't know I don't know what the right pathing is but I I just know they need to make they need to bring they need to make it interesting to the people like they need to bring people in and I think they have something there and they already do with Bellator it's not a lot but they they grab some people's attention already you know what I mean they got mm-hmm. Francis there's some attention there they got Jay there's some attention there I think they need to continue building upon that and maybe one day dude not even just that but they'll be able to pull big free agents from other big promotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly it, and that's the hope. And uh, but to be clear here, the the idea that they're going to pull big free agents, there is there is a little bit of an issue there. Until that until that uh, UFC antitrust lawsuit goes to court, and a lot of those big because like let's be clear here, like the PFL has already started to grab smaller tier like Tiago Santos. They've grabbed guys like Derek Brunson, who, were, who we just talked about. Like they've gotten former title challengers, bigger names, but the top echelon of stars. It's so rare for them to leave the UFC, and a lot of the reason why is just because of the contracts. Like it's so hard due to the championship clauses, due to a lot of the tacked on time that they they're able to do legally as of now. Like the people's gonna have trouble getting stars. But as I mentioned in the video, as I've talked about a couple different times, April, 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 April. I believe April eighth maybe is the date officially. Um, but yeah, I mean the UFC's gonna they're either gonna settle or they're gonna have to make some big changes more than likely, uh, especially considering that I believe. You know, I'm not. I'm not even going to say that. But I believe there was an update in the case recently that I, that I, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But um, there's going to be more than just a settlement involved. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, dude. It's going to be interesting. Um, I for me though, I, that's all I got to say. I mean, you ready? You ready to move on to, to fucking UFC Austin, Angel? Yes, I'm. I'm excited that we're finally back, dude. Holy fuck, it's felt like an eternity. Yeah, and for real, you don't. You didn't. You weren't liking the Apex card. You weren't like. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost a month removed from fights without fans in the stands, so. <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, UFC Austin going down this Saturday night from the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. In the main event, ranked lightweight contenders, Benil Daryush coming off a knockout loss to Charlie Olives back in June. That snapped an incredible winning streak for him. He will still ranked in the top five, though. He will now look to defeat the young, rising Georgian Armand Sarukian. Ranked inside the top 10, riding a two-fight winning streak. Prior to that, he had lost to Mateus Gombrot. Prior to that, he had a five-fight winning streak. We know the story here, man. I mean, in the UFC, you know, he had the he had the close loss to Gamrot, but I know that was very controversial at the time and very competitive at the time. Outside of that, his only loss to Islam Makhachev when he came in as a young kid in his, I believe, what was that, 23, and uh, took him the distance, man. But this is his first, uh, first main event in a, in a, in a, with a crowd, I guess I should say. This is also Armand Sarukian's first fight with fans since, I believe, 2019. Don't quote me on that, but, uh, I believe so, dude. If you, if you take a quick look at his, UFC 257 technically had some fans, but yeah, for the most part, Armand Sarukian, he's been, he's been building quietly in the Apex, man. What do you think about this fight? Do you think Armand Sarukian will be able to get the biggest win of his career on Saturday? Well, for one, I think the big thing for me right now is I think this is the perfect matchup right now. Like, this is the right guy. He's funny. A guy who has a lot of experience, has capabilities on the ground, is a dog, is willing to throw down, and is uh, and not that far removed from being a number one contender. Um, I feel like we're going to – I'm curious to see how much we get out of Armand out of this and how much Benil is willing to – bring two on that now on that table because uh, I really want Benio to push Armin deep I, I really want to see that I want to see that kind of a what what kind of he did on that night against Gamera I know obviously Charles Oliveira and him being arguably the best finisher at 155 but one of the greatest finishers ever is you know obviously a contribution to how you know how the loss went and all that but mm-hmm. you know styles make fights so on and so forth but and, and, you know, you saw how the Yarmon and Gamera fight. It was back and forth. It was close. It was split decision. It was fun. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know where the, the majority of this fight is going to take. Is it going to be a lot of scrambles? Is it be primarily on the feet? I don't know. I think there's a little, like, I think, it, 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 I don't think that Vegas odds are in favor of Benil, but it, I feel like they probably sh- really should be, but they're not going to be. Uh, I believe Armand is a favorite going into this, but I feel like 
if if we really do want to look at it from not a hype perspective, Josh, you, know, you kind of try to be a little bit constructive here. Let's you know look at the the level of competition Benio's be already where he's reached, and on top of that, his striking's in a pretty good place. We know his jujitsu game is good. We know he can scramble. We know he can pre- defend takedowns well. It's a legitimately hard fight for Armand. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. sold, and he's a moderate favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree, dude. It ultimately comes down to Styles make fights. Armand Sarukian, I've been very clear for a long time that this motherfucker is going to be a future champion. I say motherfucker with like the the most praise I could. I like that's a, a term of endearment, right? Um, in his resume and the way that he's beaten guys, he's just improving each and each time he goes out there, with the exception of that fight with Joaquin Silvia uh, in June. Although that was a short notice one, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. This fight with Benio Darius, on paper, I gotta tell you, man, I don't like Armand Sarukian's chances. I'm actually surprised at the betting odds on this one. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, styles make fights, and I think Armand's a future champion, but if you're looking for a guy to potentially stifle him on the way up, especially given his grappling and given how well-rounded Benil is and how hard he hits and all that stuff, man. And also the fact that we have only seen Armand in a, in a five-round fight once, and that was that fight in the Apex with Gamrot, and he kind of got to slow down a little bit over the course of the fight. Um, I, I I didn't expect to make this, but Angel, I, I think I think Benil Darius is going to get an upset win on Saturday night. What do you think? I mean, I... I'm gonna go with the hype, man. I'm gonna go Armand. I think he's, I, he needs to show up, man. He needs to break out of his shell. If he does lose, I will, I will not be surprised because there is legitimate factors that I think. I think, if, like I told you, if, if you if you want to if we want to look at it constructively and actually really break it down and not include the hype, but he has slight advantages, and we know he could do things that will at least, if not slow down or maybe suppress Armand's game. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of funny that you're actually taking Armand, and I'm not, uh, but... like, it, it, Right? <laughs> it is kind of funny, but you're like, yeah, I mean, he can easily win, he could win this one, and he's he's so good, and he's so young, and he's improving rapidly, fight to fight to fight, every time he goes out there. That's why he could pull off the win, I would not be surprised, but dude, stylistically, man, I think Benil Darush is going out there to prove something... He accepted multiple fights, and a bunch of people did not want to fight him, including Justin Poirier. He accepted a couple fights with. I think he's out there ready to prove something and pick up an upset win on Saturday. Same time, I would not be shocked in the slightest if Armand gets the job done. Yeah. But that being said, this co-main event, whew, it's a it's a banger, man. It's it's an absolute banger. Jalen Turner stepping up for Dan Hooker. This is going to be a three round bout. Uh, Jalen Turner coming off back-to-back split decision losses. Dan Hooker, who I just mentioned, and Mateus Gamrot. He looked good in those, but still came up just short, taking on King Bobby Green. And I don't know how you feel about this. It's fucking crazy to me that Bobby Green is a is a ranked lightweight. Like I, he should be because of that win over Rand Dawson. But it's just crazy that in the year 2023, about to be 2024, you know. Bobby Green, he's been around fighting for longer than I've been watching MMA, and he's in late 30s, still killing it, still doing well. What do you think about this fight, man? I mean, it's fun. I mean, I was very excited. I'm not going to lie. I was very excited for Dan Hooker, Bobby Green, significantly more. Uh, obviously, Dan brings a name value there. No disrespect to Jalen. Jalen, obviously talented, uh, very young still, um, and uh, the tallest guy at lightweight right now at 6'3". Fun fact, saw that a few days ago. By the way, he will he will he will have a five inch height advantage, and will also have a roughly not exact a five inch reach advantage as well going into this fight. So stylistically, it should be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's hard to pick because I think Jalen Turner could come in here on short notice and be game as fuck. Uh, three rounds too. As I feel like he doesn't have a lot to lose here, and but. I mean, actually, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I forgot the Dan Hurgan Matias Gamera losses were back to back, both splits too, which is rough. So maybe, maybe not. There maybe is a, l- a little bit more lose, more to lose here than I think. Um, fuck, it's a tough one. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go Bobby Green, Josh. I mean, he's been doing it right. I think he should. I mean, let's, let's let's follow the trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same page. Yeah, I'm gonna go and take King Bobby Green here. Um, if this fight were happening under normal circumstances, I'd actually take Jalen to get the win. Um, but he's coming in here, very short notice, two brutal fights back-to-back. I mean, maybe not that Gamrot one, but I know that Dan Hooker fight was bonkers. Coming off of those two fights, combined with the fact that he 
is going to have to cut, I believe, 35 pounds. It's 25 or 35, but he talked about it on uh, Rampage's podcast. He's going to have to cut a lot of fucking weight for this fight, man. So, um, oh, I'm he talked go... to Hampage? He did talk to Hampage, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take him, man. I'm going to go ahead and take him. Um, excuse me, I'm going to go and take Bobby Green to get the job done. Made largely because of the fact that Jalen Turner's, you know, it's it's rough, man. It's rough. Uh, <laughs> having having that big of a weight cut to come in here and face a, a ranked guy in Bobby Green, especially considering that fight, I feel like it's going to take place on the feet, man. It's going to be weight drained. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, regardless, you went ahead, you and I were talking a bit off the air. Um, this main card for UFC Austin is absolutely excellent. Um, what fights do you most want to talk about and which fights are you most looking forward to on Saturday? Come on, Josh. How could you ask me that question? We could just keep going straight down. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Come on, you dog. Yeah. We got to talk about Rob Font, Davidson Figueroa, 135. Davidson Figueroa's debuted at Bantamweight. Um, I'm excited about this. Uh, I think Rob Font was actually a good matchup, Josh, because Rob Font is 36. Davidson is 35. They'll be similar in age. Um, a lot of questions around Davidson right at 135. How is he going to be? You know, I, I feel like at 125, I I, I think his advantages. I, and look, I don't know this for a fact, but the the physical advantages, the kind of power he carried, won't be the. It won't have the same kind of devastation at 135. Mm-hmm. Is my worry. I know we're not doing picks for this, but if we were, I probably lean Rob Font. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 interested. I, I Davidson, his game is fuck. He's talented. He has he has capabilities. It wasn't just his. His physical abilities that allowed him to win. He had a full MMA game that was well-rounded. I mean, we saw him training with fucking who? Who? Who was he with there for a while? I know he he changed. Who did he? He trained with Cejudo, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he went out to train Cejudo. I mean, this is a guy who's who's willing to learn and evolve his game to win. And uh, I'm curious to see if he can do it at 135, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in that one. I'm happy that we're not making picks for it. Um, but Figueroa, man, so many question marks, so many question marks, especially considering he's been out for a long time. I mean, he's taking off damn near a full year. I mean, he lost to Moreno in early January, dude. So, um, excited to see him back. Very intrigued to see how he looks. And Rob Fonts, I feel like a perfect guy to test him against. Um, so we'll see how that one goes, man. But yeah, I mean, we can just go one down again, dude. I mean, Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gaslam. What do you think about that one? That's an excellent fight, dude. I think it's a good fight for both guys. I think for Sean, he needs to bounce back, but he doesn't need an easy fight. And Kelvin needs to be challenged, but he's also fighting a guy who is coming off several injuries, staph infection, delays, multiple stuff. And uh, and his game is fucking a physical freak. Uh, mm-hmm. And this will be Kelvin's... Uh, has he ever fought at once something outside of the UFC or anything before that? Or was he always a 185er his whole career? Do we know? Um, I believe that Kelvin, um, I mean, I can just pull it up right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he started in middleweight, came to the UFC, and then dropped down to welterweight. So, yeah, he's not competed outside the UFC at welterweight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see how the welterweight change is. I mean, for a long time, and it's, you know, we, there was, for a long time, you, you didn't hear a lot of guys get mentioned, like, oh, he used to change weight classes. I feel like the one name that I always constantly heard, you know, that should change or make a change and go to a different weight class with Calvin Gasol. Let's see if the change does help. But like I said, he has a game guy, but a guy who's been out for a while. And like I said, dealt with injuries, had staff. I don't know. And no, and like I said, a physical freak. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and you know what? Sean Brady, dude, I know that a lot of people, whenever he had that loss um, to – Below Muhammad. I know a lot of people just instantly wrote him off, which I did not like, man. I really didn't like that. Um, I think he still has a lot of talent, and he's talked about how he broke his nose early in that one. You know, so um, not exactly, you know, you can't really write him off because of that fight. A lot of guys, these two guys have a lot of question marks. Excited to see it. We just go to one down again. Clay Guida, Joaquin Toby is an excellent fight. Clay Guida going in on fucking fight 62. Uh, so... Battle Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, uh, unbelievable. Walking Sylvia obviously coming off of that close fight with Armand Sarukin, a very hard hitter. Not exactly the most well-rounded guy. He really only has one round of gas, but goddamn, that one round is going to be fun. 
Um, <laughs> they got they get they gotta let Lake Weta fight at UFC 300, right? They should, but they booked they just booked Jim Miller, whose entire thing was wanting to fight at UFC 300. They just booked him for like January, so he'll Jim, probably not make UFC 300. Jim Miller Jim Miller's about to make a very fast turnaround. Let me tell you, if he if he can beat Gabriel Benitez, if he can beat Mowgli, which I don't know, so. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, that was a decision then that, that the UFC made. That's a good fight though. That's a good fight, but damn, dude, fuck, man, like we're probably not going to get him on UFC 300 now. Uh, even if he wins, man, that's a quick turnaround, two and a half months. So we'll see. Um, but in regards to the, the, the rest of the UFC Austin card, in terms of the prelims, man, uh, what fights do you want to talk about on there? Because even these prelims are pretty solid. Oh, I, fuck, man, this one isn't even on the prelims. I just noticed it's on the main card. Boliana, Soriano, Dustin, Stuffless. By the way, I'm assuming loser leaves town. I believe they're both on two or three fight losing streaks. We're around there, like a lot, or at least very recent losses with maybe like a win in between. Uh, from from my money, Poliana Serrano, very entertaining. If I had to pick, I'd probably want him to stick around for Dustin Solves. No way, I'm sorry, <laughs> sounds so bad, but it's true. Hey, Dustin Solves is, is is a fun guy too. Oh, I agree. I agree. But uh, but you know, I, I playing out Sarah. I've, I've always enjoyed him since he made his debut. And I had, at one point, I I thought he was gonna have, do a lot of stuff in his career. He still has time. Obviously, I'm not not writing him off, but he just looked very good early on in his career. Mm-hmm. In his UFC tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, that should be a fun one. Uh, in in let's go ahead and I I did mention um. Well, not did mention. We mentioned this in the green room. Uh, Misha Tate, dude. Uh, she said this could be her final fight. She could retire again uh, with a loss to Julia Vila. Although she said that like any fight at this point could be her final fight, so she's not really committing to it. But I think she's at that point in her career where she's like case by case. You know, depending how she feels, depending how she feels after a fight, she'll decide. You know, like okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and also like she's kind of in a weird spot too. I mean that this. The women's bantamweight division is like she can realistically go out there and get one win and get a title shot. Like it's just such a garbage division. Like, for I mean I'm sorry to say it, but it just is. It's just terrible. So but she's being a homie though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I mean, in that Julia Vila fight, Rage and Panda have been out of action for over two over two and a half years. Um, she's had multiple fights scrapped. So we'll see how how she can do. OKC's finest, Julia Vila. Got to go ahead and give her a shout out, man. But um, yeah, I mean the rest of this card. I mean Veronica Hardy show, opening up the card should be fun. Uh, the reti- the uh, the return of Mean Machine Steve Garcia riding a couple of knockout wins. Excited to see him back, man. Um, yeah, man. I mean overall, it's a solid card. If you had if you had to rate this one, what would you give it out of ten? Oh, just the main card or overall together? Uh, let's hit let's let's hit just overall. Fuck, it could almost be an eight. I'm gonna go seven nine. Mm. That's that's seven point nine. Is that what you said? Yes, yeah, seven nine. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. He's gonna go seven nine. Okay. Seven point um, nine is what I mean. But yeah, seven point nine. I'm gonna go an eight point one. Honestly, I think it's a great phenomenal card. <laughs> I uh, fucking hate you. Yeah, I think it's a lot of. I think it should be a great night of fights. And uh, eight point one. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and you know what, though, Angel? It's not the only uh, combat going down this weekend. In fact, we have the return of our boy, Mike Platinum Perry. The going, greatest. This is the GOAT. The go- Honestly, the GOAT of UFC free agency, by the way. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think there's ever been a guy who's left and made a bigger star out of themselves. So you, you, you can make the case 100%. Um, but yeah, dude, it's gonna be the last BKFC card of the year. Mike Platinum Perry back to take on Eddie Alvarez for the King of Violence Championship. Uh, up at middleweight, man. What do you think about this fight? I think that they're probably gonna live up to the hype. I think it's gonna be hype. I mean, King Underground versus the Platinum or Platinum Just Mike. I mean, yeah, dude, we got two fucking dogs in there. It's gonna be a banger. There's no way this. I will be disappointed, Josh, if this isn't a banger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could easily see, you know, I hate to say it, I could easily see Eddie getting getting finished early, but I could also see this one turning into an absolute banger. So. And they got a they got a pretty solid main card, by the way. Yeah, I mean, dude, we got the return. This this fight flying hella under the radar, bro. Ben Rothwell, 
you know, who had he's caught a couple of wins in BKFC, just annihilated a couple of dudes, taking on Todd Duffy, who just randomly fucking he fought came, in Russia. Yeah, came out of nowhere. I mean, he lost to Phil DeFreeze back in KSW back in February. And now Todd Duffy, who's like the least active MMA fighter I've ever seen, going to have two fights in one year. So, very exciting. Um, yeah, man. And obviously, there are some other fights on the card. Beck Rawlings, Rowdy Beck Rawlings, who was one of the OG stars, I feel like, for BKFC, at least in terms of people that were able to come over and, and make some of an impact, you know. Um, she'll be back here uh, as well against Christine Ferreira. Uh, Jeremy Stevens also Jimmy Jimmy Rivera is a, is a banger. I mean overall, dude. I mean, any 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 thoughts on any of these fights you want to talk about, but or anything else? Because overall, it is a fun card. No, I mean I'm I'm hell of excited for it, man. Yeah. Same here, man. Very very excited, and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But there is uh, a bunch of news to talk about this week. One of the biggest things that made headlines, Michael. Venom Page, who we have not seen since a stoppage win over Gucci Yomaguchi in, I believe, April, I want to say. Uh, that was the last fight on his Bellator deal. He had the option of re-signing. He chose not to. He saw the writing on the wall. Uh, he went ahead and decided to bail. And for the last few months now, we've heard talks of maybe he'll sign a UFC or, oh, he was seen with Dana, at the, this thing. Or, no, he showed up at UFC 254. Like, they've been in close talks for quite a while, but they've yet to make the deal. Well, in the background of a, of, you know, a full send podcast with Dana White, they had the, you know, the war room, as they put it. One of the fights on a February card, Michael Venom Page, Kevin Holland. Now, Kevin Holland's already come out and said that he has not been offered this fight. Um... And according to what I've read, it's not officially in the works, but it could be one that they're that they're looking for. Do you think this is the right matchup? I mean, granted, it seems like Michael Vinny Page. There's nowhere else for him to go. He is heading to the UFC. Is a Kevin Holland fight the right one to make? Dude, it's it's one of those matchups that I didn't think of when you asked me because you're like, if you asked me probably like was it like two months ago maybe now, if I won't, who I would want MVP to fight in the UFC, and I said Wonder Boy at the time, but Kevin Holland's a fucking great pick that didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. I fully agree, dude. I fully agree. I mean, he he's a guy that too. He, you know, there was there was been points in his career where he struggled, but he's at a point right now. Whenever he is shrieking, he's looking like he's finally found his rhythm under him. You know, now granted, to be fair, we've had a couple of different times whenever we thought that too. So, uh, but but uh, yeah, man. I mean, he looks he looks good. I think it's a logical matchup. Uh, Kevin Holland ranked inside the top 15 at welterweights. It makes a lot of sense, you know? It makes a lot of sense. And, like, I say streaky. He had a loss to Jack Jack de la Madalena, but even though it was a split-decision loss, very competitive. Prior to that, he had won multiple fights in a row. Um, If they were to make this one, I would not be mad at it. That's how I'll put it. At the same time, I really don't think they can go wrong with making any fight for Michael Bennett Page. As long as they don't give him a grappler, um, I think he'll be fine. That's kind of my thoughts on it. I mean, that guy is just endless entertainment. He's so entertaining. And, uh, you know, we'll see. What happens? I mean, maybe maybe they're waiting around for uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to fight Shavkat. Maybe he'll fight the winner or loser of that. Who knows? <laughs> which more than likely be Wonderboy, which is a fight we've talked do, about a do lot. You, so. Do you think they'll want to throw MVP uh, at the Wolves, though? Like, they want to give him a top 15 guy or at least a guy, like, just outside of the top 15? I think for the money that they're probably you're, going You know to what's get. another good matchup? I will yeah. Muslim Solikov. That's a good one. That's a good one. Muslim Solikov, I think, booked against Randy Brown right now, though. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one. That's a good shout. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's really it's hard to go wrong for him, honestly. That's the way I feel. Like, it's really hard uh, for him to, to book him the wrong way because he's so entertaining. There's so many different guys you can put him against. And, uh, yeah, man. Just, just very excited to see what he goes next. But this is, this is kind of like, just kind of shift the conversation away. Um, during that same full send podcast, I don't know if you watched the whole thing. I didn't, you know, I had better things to do, but I, I did see some clips. He did mention that there is a UFC super fight that they are currently working on. Um, he did not get any specific outside of the fact that it was not Conor McGregor. Angel. 
What do you think, man? I mean, with all this stuff going on right now, we have MVP potentially in talks with the UFC. We know Alex Bay called out Israel Adesanya. I mean, we we have a lot of different guys uh, who are calling for super fights right now. Any idea what Dana White's talking about? I mean, if we got to think about like, I guess like kind of realistic options. So Izzy Pajeda is probably like really high up there, at least in my opinion. Um. But it, 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 if you really think about it, it's, it's not a lot unless I, – I, I doubt it's John Stipe, um, maybe maybe Diaz in some capacity in there. I thought I thought that too potentially. Uh, but I know I know there's one that you want to say that I haven't said, so I'll, I'll let you go. Barack Lesnar! And the return! <laughs> Dude, it, it – Did you see me now? It, can you see me now? It makes too much sense. I gotta say it. It makes too much sense. Dana already said no, but if you believe Dana White at this point, like, at anything he says, like, I have a bridge to sell you, you know? You know like We were lied to. It's actually Matt Riddle. <laughs> Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Could you imagine? They're settling the beef. Good. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I do think it could be Brock, dude. I think it actually might be Brock. I think if you look, there's there's so much that works in, in that direction that, like, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, Brock is old. But Brock has been, you know, always consistent in the fact that, like, I still enjoy doing MMA. Like, I enjoy doing MMA arguably more than I enjoy doing pro wrestling. It's just it's harder on the body, so on and so forth, right? But at, at the same time, man, you have to look at more than just that. You have to add in the fact that now WWE and UFC, they're owned by the same company. There can be crossover there. You know what I mean? And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, what, if the UFC has a great big 300 show, that's going to also work well Logan, for the WWE. Paul, CM Punk, Josh. How could I be so ignorant? <laughs> well, hey, CM Punk just made his return to the WWE. I mean, the biggest pop of all time. So, Dude, it's um, not. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> Shit, dude. Maybe CM Punk versus <laughs> former MMA fighter Kenny Omega. Fuck it, book it. We're gonna get some real, some real fights. No, but uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I think Brock's. I think Brock could be it. I think Brock could be it. Brock versus Aspinall, or Brock versus Derek Lewis, or Jesus um, Christ, Brock versus Aspinall. Could you imagine if they actually did that? I wouldn't be surprised, dude. I mean, right now they're. Aspinall has already been vocal about the fact that he's kind of pissed off that the UC doesn't have any plans to strip John. So they're going to have to give him something pretty fucking good. And what could be that something that's pretty fucking good? A Brock Lesnar fight. That'd be pretty fucking big. Tom's already said he wants to fight a UC 300. You know what I mean? So on and so forth. Like, Brock, I, I, by the way, here's the big I, thing, too. I, I, they got to go big. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. Like, I, that is the other thing I, mean, I keep forgetting about. Like, it is UFC 300. They want to do something wild. Mm-hmm. And Brock Lesnar, it does make sense. You're not wrong. And here's a big thing, too. He has not been seen on WWE. He's been out since SummerSlam. He's taken time off. Nobody knows where Brock Lesnar is right now. Oh, okay. Now you're giving me that insider trading information, then. I'm giving you that insider. Nobody – it's not – he's not wrestling right now. It's not a situation where, like, Brock is out there, like, doing doing fucking Monday Night Raw so he can't go train. Brock Lesnar has not been seen in the WWE ring for, like, six months now. So – he has the time to train. There's the connection between the WWE and the UFC, uh, and, and it makes a lot of financial sense. And ultimately, you know, there are bigger calls than just Dana White anymore. It's it's an entire company. Mickey With, Mouse? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mickey Mouse plays a role. But, like, it, it's, there's a lot than, than more than just Dana, too. So it, there's a lot that goes into it. And that's why, like, for example, maybe Vince McMahon didn't want to hire CM Punk. That's That's been reported. He did not want to sign him. It wasn't his fucking call. <laughs> Nick Kong, who works for the TKO group, he's the one who signed CM Punk. You know what I mean? And that could be the case for other guys in the UFC and MMA moving forward. So uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. I think it could be Brock. I think a lot of people that are talking about – and also there's some people who are saying super fights that, like, aren't super fights. They're like MVP versus Kevin Holland. Like, that's not a fucking super fight. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> But it'd be a great fight to have under it, though. It'd be a great fight, but – I mean, uh, if, unless it's super MVP versus super Kevin Holland. I mean, if it I, is Brock. It is Brock one, dude. Holy fuck. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't have any in, inside information on this. Like, sometimes I know stuff, sometimes I don't. But I'm you got me saying, a little. You got me a little hyped up now, Josh. <laughs> but it. But you think. But once you actually start thinking about it, it makes sense. 
No, no, no. I agree. I agree. So, um, anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, to kind, of, to kind of go ahead and move on. Speaking of fights, um, Aljamain Sterling, who we have not seen in a couple of months, um, last lost to Sean O'Malley in August. He's been kind of inconsistent on what his next move is going to be. He wanted to get the rematch with Sean. Uh, that was never going to happen. Um, and, but outside of that, he's been kind of like iffy on whether he's going to stay at 135 or move up to 145. Aljamain Sterling has officially announced his intentions to move to featherweight. Not only that, but he has called out Max Blessed Holloway as his first ideal opponent. What do you say, Angel? Uh, Aljo versus uh, Blessed up at 145. What do you think? I mean, if Aljo wants to get that saddle shot, that's his best bet, beating the best guy at 145 who's not Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then right now, I mean, Max is Max is trying to get a fight up a lightweight. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. But Max is just trying to figure out if fucking Ilya is going to be fucking Volk so he can get a chance at 45 again. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm intrigued. I think that's a fight that makes a lot of sense. I don't really know what they're going to do with Aljo because it's pretty clear they don't really give a fuck about him. So he's not really going to – I don't think he'll get a Holloway fight. But he, who knows? Maybe he could. Maybe if he, he could. Doesn't get, I mean, who, who do you think they'd give him at 45 if they didn't give him Holloway? Man. Um, yeah, you know you know what I mean? They don't, they, they don't like Aljo. Yeah. They, like, they don't like Aljo. Uh, so I've heard things about, about Yair and Brian potentially fighting. Mm-hmm. Um. Arnold, what is Arnold Allen doing right now? He's scheduled against Mozart. But I thought, fuck, okay. Ilya's going to fight for the belt. Josh Emmett is booked. Max Holloway is really your, your, probably your best Emmett. Uh, best yeah. Man. Uh, Alex Caceres, not fucking right. Cause I don't think, <laughs> just, I don't think they would go Calvin Cater or Bryce Mitchell or Edson Barbosa, so. Yeah, they already but, offered him Calvin Cater and he turned it down. I can't blame him for that though, cause I feel like, he does deserve something better than Calvin Cater at this time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, man. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Aljo, though. I, I'm intrigued to see how he goes about a move to featherweight. Very interested to see. Um, and especially who he gets. Because a, a Max Holloway fight, I think, would be pretty sick. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, last couple of quick hitters, man. Uh, Darren Tilt, the gorilla, has not been seen since a... Stoppage loss to Drikus Duplessis last December, and, you know, Art nearly beat Drikus, too. Nearly beat him. Um, took him into the third, had moments, won around, you know what I mean? So, um, regardless, though, Darren Till later requested his release after that loss. He was hoping to get a big boxing match. Couldn't. He was hoping to get a fight with Mac, uh, Mike Platinum Perry in BKFC. Didn't. So, what do you do? Um, <laughs> it seems that karate combat is, is what you do. Karate Combat, we talked, we discussed them a couple of times on the show, not majorly, but here and there. Uh, karate Combat, obviously the biggest karate league in America. They, they have a couple of former USC veterans, and they are now looking to potentially add Darren Till to potentially face the winner of Ross Levine versus Sam Alvey going down next month. What do you think about Darren Till potentially heading to Karate Combat? I think, I think it'd be fun. I think it's a, definitely not what I expected, but I think it'd be cool to see him there. Mm-hmm. Especially one of their younger talents who still has some sort of relevance. You know what I mean? Name Some name value. I think it's kind of an important thing, too, for Karate Combat. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I fully agree. And the reality is that they don't have a whole lot of name value. And I do find it interesting, though, that, you know, I said this to you in the green room. Um, but if you look at MMA right now and you look at MMA free agency, right, what are the biggest destinations? Like, if you're if you're just, like, a big name. You go to the UFC, you go to PFL, one championship. We're not going to talk about one championship. Legally, I don't like to talk about one championship. I'm not not going to get into it, but for legal reasons, I don't like to discuss one championship too much on the show, okay? But apparently, reportedly, as reported by other people that are not me, they have they are apparently potentially going to go out of business next year. So it's UFC and PFL. Those are the two. And then it's boxing, BKSC, and karate combat. Those are the big, big three other ones that I've seen doing well recently. I mean, am I missing one? K- KSW is hurt right now, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I'm sorry, KSW. KSW's had some big names, too. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, because, I mean, Ryzen isn't even getting guys like that to come over, right? Mm-hmm. No. Not really. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it sucks in terms of that. But at the same time, you really got to love seeing karate combat come through because the more people, the better, the more promotions, the better. That's the thing. I saw a lot of people that whenever Bellator got bought out, they're like, oh, good. Bellator sucks. It's like, but like for the fighters, that's, that's pretty bad news, man. So, um, yeah, regardless, regardless. I mean, any closing thoughts on, on that one? No, man. Uh, like I said, I'm just excited to see Darren compete, compete again, which is my big thing, and see how he looks, and is he healthy, and hopefully no no reoccurring injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man, fair enough. Um, last couple of things to talk about. Ian Gary has been in the news. Uh, I can't believe we're going to have to discuss this, but this is what the MMA news cycle is, bro. Uh, Ian Gary has been in the news not because of himself, but because of his wife. Uh, his wife apparently wrote a what she said was a joke book uh, about how to become a uh, sports wife. Um, and now some people are making jokes that she preyed on a young Ian Gary, and also apparently he's working with her ex-wife as his nutritionist. And, you know, there was stuff coming out about how, like, oh, she tried to, you know, he tried to make uh, him fight Hamzat in an elevator at UFC 273, called him a pussy for not doing it. I don't judge other people's relationships, but what do you what do you think about this Ian Gary situation? Dude? I, I can't believe how hard how far it went, dude. But there's one person who really blew this up, and you know who it is. And I'm not going to say their name because I'm not going to give him free promotion. He already gets enough attention anyway, so he doesn't need to get any more from us. Yeah, exactly. And you know which you know you know who exactly you, uh, pretty sh- you know who I'm talking about, right? Like 100%. no, I know exactly you know exactly my opinion on on that guy, and uh, so yeah, hey. I'm fine if we're not if you don't discuss it. The better question is, did he stand up from his wheelchair? No, <laughs> He's not in a wheelchair. I don't even. But apparently, that's a whole meme. Uh, the, the better question is, has he put down the burgers? Has has he? Jesus, fat fuck. Uh, anyways, I just I just personally dislike anybody that talks shit about fighters whenever they can't even leave their fucking house. That's just my thoughts. But anyways, um. Yeah, Ian Gary, dude. I don't know what else to say about this. Um, it's a, it's, it's a bad look. And I will say this much. Um, I don't know everything and I don't know how much is true about his situation. Um, a lot of it that's come out, I do know is false. Um, at the same time, I also have to say that they, uh, they did, you know, he's, he's been very much a guy who has no problem taking shots at other people's personal lives, you know. The whole the Neil Magny situation, whenever he clearly took that out of context, you know, putting Jeff Neal, you know, on a, you know, on a mugshot tee, which to be fair, I didn't really get the controversy behind that one because he, you know, just did get a DUI. So that's the bigger problem. But, you know, like Ian Gary has no problem uh, trying to uh, talk about personal personal lives. And it seems like a lot of people are starting to bring that same energy back at him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all my thoughts, man. I mean, there's not really much to say, man. It's just all drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, this is the last, this is the last bit of news. And this is, a, this isn't even news. This is an actual, this is an actual fight, but I don't think there's a, a whole lot to really say about it. Um, Ryan Garcia, King Rye, been out of action since a knockout loss to Gervonta Davis back in April. That was the first loss of his career. He will now look to return to the ring on Saturday night in Houston, Texas to defeat the rising Oscar Duarte. Oscar riding a nine-fight winning streak, all coming by the way of knockout as well. Um, stepping in here, still a big underdog, uh, and has not faced really anybody of the same caliber as Ryan Garcia or relatively close. But look, man, what do you, what do you think about this fight? I think it's a nice tune-up fight for Ryan to come back to. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I mean, I just want to see if he's still sharp, still has, he's still, is his confidence still there? Kind of the regular kind of typical things you want to see out of a, a young boxer after suffering his, his professional loss, especially on that kind of stage and, and the amount of shit he got for it. Uh, you know, and he's, he's so young still, dude. He's 25. He's reached his point in the sport. He's made so much money. He has, you know, like I said, he, he has the perfect course. He has the perfect curse, man. He has the looks. He has the money. He has the skills. He has the style. You know, everything for everybody to hate on you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very big fight for him. And this is also, like, 
fight that. Uh, he needs to go out there and make a statement, man. There's so much going on around him. The lawsuit with, with Oscar. You know, he just left Joe Goosen. He's on another trainer. You know, he just, he left Canelo's gym to go to Joe Goosen, I believe, like 2021. He's already got a new trainer. I believe Derek James down in Houston. Um, yeah, man. I mean, he's changing trainers so often. And, you know, we have the promoter situation, which isn't you know, his but, fault, just to be but, clear. But, but, you know, the trainer yeah. thing, and, and to play a little bit here, like... Devil's uh, advocate, yeah. Okay. He, you know, it's a very... We've been seeing that trend a lot in boxing, dude. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. it while they're fury. And, and, and we know how important a trainer can be for an, for an athlete, especially in combat, dude. I mean, it could literally change the trajectory of someone's career. I mean, like, like someone said, dude, what if Mike Tyson didn't have cuss? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How different would that career go? You know what I mean? It's who knows, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, right? Ideally, Mike has all these talents. He still finds a good coach, and he makes it to wherever he did. But he does credit a lot him as the athlete and a fighter and a boxer gives a lot of credit to Cuss to bring him to the point where he was. So I, I get maybe why Ryan's doing all this. He's just trying to find that right guy who is clicking with him, is giving him the information he's getting to him. And it, it, that's always, I think that's the more, the most important thing for, for a, a combatant dude to have a coach who can get through to you. You know, you could, you could have the most intelligent guy in your corner, but if he can't break through to you in big moments or can't make you, can't, you know, can't get that out of you, then, you know, you need to find someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I, 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 whenever bring up the coaching situation, it's not to say like Ryan's the problem. Because I didn't think he was a good fit with Joe Goosen anyway. Um, I didn't like a lot of those comeback fights after he took the time off for the mental health. and the, You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that he's changing trainers. And I think Derek James may be a good one. I mean, there's a reason why AJ's with him now. There's a reason why he yeah. has multiple big fighters with him. Um, it's ultimately just, can I mean, they, Ryan keep yeah. it going? And can he get a big rebound? Because there's so much drama going on around the kid. Like, you know, it, it's... It, I really just want to see, like, a big uh, statement win out of him, I guess. Dude, I mean, in I hindsight, show, right? You know? The, the Eddie Reynoso era was very good, though, while it lasted. It was. It was, a, it was a very good era. I mean, he went ahead and the Luke Campbell win was huge. Straight up a huge win. I, I mean, at the time, I remember some people being like, oh, you know, Luke Campbell is garbage, you know? And it's like, nah, like, he's a former Olympian. You know, he's like, you know, he... Fought Lomachenko right before that, like he fought for the undisputed titles. Like he's he's a good guy, and yeah. that was a that was a big one for Ryan. But ever since then, I, I got to be honest, I'd really like to see him go back there. If I'm being honest, but I guess we got to see how this goes first. I, so. I think that I think that connection is severed. You know, I think that can't be fixed. I um, I don't think so. I I saw Ryan talk about it as recently as this week. Uh, really, that he's he's talked to a lot of the guys from the gym, and he's cool with Canelo and so on and so forth now. I feel like there was a period of time though where there was some animosity. Oh yeah. If not, you know, maybe not both ways, but definitely one way for a while. Um, mm-hmm. and, and 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 even then, when Ryan left, you saw that they weren't upset at him, but if not, like disappointed. Yeah. It wasn't anger. They were just like, "Why? Why did you leave, Ryan? We had the tools here. We, we you were doing good. Why would you leave us? You know, we we liked you." You know, that's a, that, it was just something we didn't think, I don't think we talked too much about the time, but I think now that time has passed, we've seen a lot of interviews with, you know, Canelo, Eddie, you know, people in the gym have talked about, uh, Ryan. It really is like, you know, it was confusion. You know, they felt like it mm-hmm. was, uh, not an intelligent choice. And I, and I, and I honestly, I love Eddie Reno's or Ryan Garcia fit. I think that was the way to go. The gym was full of killers. They, they, they had a good group there. And, uh, I think his career would still be – I mean, it's not a bad bad. It's, it's still good. I mean, he's made money, but I don't know. Maybe he could be in a better spot, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel, man. I mean, that Eddie Reynoso era I – mean, we're not going to talk about it for too much longer. But, yeah, I mean, I thought he had a – I thought it was it, such a good fit, man. And, and it was he, so hype, dude, every time. Yeah, and because, I mean, he's coming out of a great camp. Canelo was taking him under his wing. And he left, and I remember thinking at the time whenever he left, and he said, like, oh, you know, they're not giving me much enough, like, attention in the gym. And I'm like, and then, but, and then instantly, like, multiple people came out from the gym, not just Canelo, not just Eddie, and they were just like, oh, yeah, like, no, like. That was not the case. That was not the case. Everybody was always available. Yeah, so it was just disappointing, so. But also, that was years ago. He's 25 now. He seems to be growing up and maturing, so. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And ultimately, Derek James is an excellent coach, you know. Um, so there's no shame in going there. 
Yep, yep. Who knows? And it might it might be the best thing that could ever happen in his career. It could. It could. It could. And ultimately, we'll have to see how it goes. And he's facing a guy right now in Oscar Duarte who hits hard, but is a very, you know, from, from watching some film on this kid, should be a much – it's a good matchup for him. I guess I'll put it like that. He's a s- smaller guy, a stockier guy. Hits very hard, but always gets on the inside. If Ryan can stay on the outside, if he can find some clean shots, I expect him to probably – And, and you know. he can do that, and he can do that because he has that skill set. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So, I mean, it's a great matchup for him too. And after this, who knows, maybe Tiafimo. Maybe we'll get, you know – there's a lot of different guys that he's been in talks with. But, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it, man, to kind of mm-hmm. close it out. Yeah, any closing thoughts on that or anything else we want to talk about, man, before we go ahead and uh, close out the show? Just excited to go back, man. Just just excited to do recap shows, talk about the following week, talk about these big fights, man, because, you know, and, and then the big news as we lead into the new year, you know, uh, this this final month, this last push for us, hopefully we can get 600K on YouTube. Uh, I'm hyped, man. I'm pumped. Same here. Same here. We're going to close out this year excellently. Um, and thank you so much to everybody who has subscribed, everybody who has watched our content uh, over the last year. Because this is the first real year that we've made a push on the channel. And, you know, we're looking at 500,000 views and, you know, upwards of, you know, 1,000 subscribers, so on and so forth. So thank you so much to everybody who has followed, subscribed, stayed along for the ride. And hope you guys enjoyed the fights this weekend. And uh, peace. Oh, wait a minute. One last thing. I'm Adam Joshua on Twitter. If you guys aren't following me, get me to 1,400. Uh, <laughs> Angel, go ahead and hit him up at Angel Take underscore O one and at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. That's all we got. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.